Welcome to the life of a social media manager, a show powered by Social Insider. I am Adina, founder of Social Insider. I gather top social media experts to discover how to build a successful career as a social media manager with all the struggles of running online communities. Let's discover the good, the bad and the ugly from the life of a social media manager. I have Keris Doris, founder at Podcast Digital, in this podcast episode. As a business owner and strategic digital marketer, Keris explains how important it is it to create social media messages tailored to your audience. Tune in and discover why paid and organic social media are friends and how to combine these two on a longer-term strategy. So, hi, Kerry. Uh, thank you so much for accepting my invitation and being a uh, guest uh, for a new podcast episode of the life of a social media manager. Uh, before starting and discussing everything about social media, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course. So, thank you very much, Adina, for asking me to be on your podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm very excited. Um, a little bit about myself. My name's Karis. I live in the UK in an area called Buckinghamshire, and I run a digital marketing agency called The Polka. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you help clients to be the digital overwhelm, offering trainings and consultancies. Um, how your days look like? Um, yeah, that's a, it's a good question. What does an average day look like? I guess it's a bit of a cliched answer to say that no day's the same, but there's often truth in cliche and any business owner will tell you that of course no day is the same and and that's part of the enjoyment of the job. But I can definitely pull out some uh, themes for you. Mm-hmm. Anyone that works in social will tell you that every day is a thumb workout because there's a lot of scrolling involved. And of course, we check our clients' accounts, we check competitors' accounts, we see what's going on both on their paid media, on their organic media. We check for trends, we kind of just get a feel for what's happening on social on that day. So yeah, there's a lot of scrolling. Mm-hmm. As the business owner, Um, I often work on longer term projects too. Mm-hmm. I think that real change is often achieved over the longer term. So we we partner with our clients on longer term uh, pieces of work and projects to try and realize their goals through opportunities that can be found in in digital marketing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think I get um, what you said at the beginning. I think I get the same answer from uh, other social media managers or social media <laughs> yeah. experts. Everyone who is working in social media, uh, the days look uh, pretty different because, yeah, you have to check um, what's uh, happening over the night uh, to see the trends, to see if, I don't know, maybe an algorithm change uh, appeared. <laughs> Uh, suddenly, so everyone uh, starts with uh, this scrolling um, in the first part of the day. Absolutely. Uh, And I think that's that's part of your um, your skill as a social media person, that you have to be flexible. So mm-hmm. you might think that your day is going to start in one way and you might have a plan for what you're going to do. But if something's happened in the news or something's happened in a particular industry, you actually have to 
you jump on that really quickly and be prepared to change. So I think flexibility and adaptability are key um, to a social media manager's life. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Uh, how did your passion for social media start? Well, um, I I love communication. And in fact, when I left university, I, I started working in public relations. Mm -hmm. And that was actually a long time ago. And it was before social media even existed. Mm -hmm. But I remember when um, a thing called Web 2.0 Uh, came um, came into being and at that point in time I was working in a digital team so I was working on a fledgling website for a national UK retailer mm -hmm. and this thing called web 2.0 was uh, being talked about and it seemed to me to be really exciting because it was allowing for the first time uh, normal people to be able to put their thoughts and opinions and feelings onto the internet so no longer did the brands just own the you know the um the internet normal people could have their say too and and that really excited me and i persuaded the business at the time that they should get on board and of course web 2.0 was the beginning of what social media was to become and over those years in the noughties we went from calling it web 2.0 and and doing presentations to the board about forums and and blog sites where you could make comments to actually this is uh, a thing called facebook you know that was the first um social media site that i remember selling into the business and this is something that we need to put time and investment into so that's how my passion for social media started it was from a a point where um It, it felt exciting that real normal people, the audience, could start to have their say uh, in in um, on the internet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I think some of these are still available today. I mean, social media is still a place where people share their what they they are feeling, uh, even if they are referring to uh, specific brands or NGOs or businesses or the service they are using or just for themselves and sharing with uh, with their their friends um what are the most important lessons you love you uh, sorry what are the most important lessons you've learned through the years i think um there's a couple of of key principles that anyone that works in social media and, and indeed marketing can have in their minds. And that is to think strategically and have in mind the, the client, or if you're working in house, you know, your own brand, have the goals and your objectives always in mind, but being able to combine that with tactics and being able mm -hmm. to combine that with being able to actually deliver a campaign is what is the potent mix that makes a, a really good social media person and, and that's the lesson that i would say is has been most important to me to to learn how to combine a strategic overview with a practical delivery of tactics and what is particularly challenging and i think it's a difficult lesson to learn is to know when to say no so Brands don't have infinite budget and they don't have infinite resource and everything takes effort and energy. So 
actually part of the the skill is knowing when you need to test and learn and that's brilliant and you can get loads of value from that but also when it's actually can be a waste of time and effort and energy so saying no can be as important as saying yes Mm -hmm. and it's sometimes difficult to know um when the right moment to do that is yeah 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 it actually um over the years i have uh, learned that everyone knows social media but actually no (laughs) um it's just a feeling that if you are posting something um, on your personal account or your individual account it doesn't mean that you know uh, the tactics the strategies and uh, you know how to deliver the right message tied to your uh, goal uh, to your business goals uh, so it's I, it's pretty important to share messages that are of that are, that are val- valuable to your audience that they are say something uh, to your audience and not just uh, sharing images uh, engage I don't know funny images uh, and in the end there is no results uh, is there is no uh, business results. <clears throat> Absolutely right. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I might, you know, I might want to share a photo of my holiday and my friends might want to see it, but it's an absolutely different matter when I'm working on behalf of a client. It's always about the audience first rather than posting what, you know, they might deem to be interesting. So audience first, as you rightly say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how would you describe social media today? Um, it It's... It's difficult because it changes all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, you know, in the last, just in the last, goodness, 18 months, it, you know, Instagram, for instance, feels like a completely different place. And that's driven by, of course, the rise of TikTok. And if we'd have yeah. been having this conversation just, you know, just two years ago, it would feel completely different again. So the fact that it's, it never stops evolving is challenging. And that's particularly challenging to the um, the organisations that want to use utilise social media, you know, to achieve their own goals because it never stands still. And so, going back to my earlier point about reconciling a solid strategy using your audience in- insight as your as your foundation, but understanding the um, the tactics of the platforms and how they work individually is is really difficult to achieve. And that's why so many, um, you know, small businesses and charities really find that difficult. Um, Social media today is, is busy. Um, It can feel cluttered. Um, It it changes all the time and it can feel very confusing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's important to kind of stand still look at your audience, look at where your affinity is with your audience and actually take a step back and work out what you want to try and achieve because you won't be able to achieve everything through social media. Yeah, yeah. And I think that uh, you shouldn't be on all platforms. Uh, just uh, go where you where your audience is and focus on those specific platforms and don't try to uh, be everywhere and um, expect to have uh, the best results on each uh, on each platform because first you have to learn the platform you have to learn the tactics the changes uh and then see what's working for you maybe analyze the competitors is a 
and see if they are already there and then start to create content on that uh, specific platform. So I am um, more, um, I always suggest uh, to our clients, to social media clients to start uh, to always uh, perform uh, and scale on what works the best. So if Instagram works for you, if Twitter works for you, LinkedIn works for you, scale more on, on this platform and then try, let's say, TikTok because uh, TikTok, uh, everyone wants to be on TikTok, but it's a different, it's a whole different way of doing content for uh, for this platform. Absolutely. And it can be a great challenge. And so you don't want to spread yourself too thinly, right? You want to do one thing well, really excel in that, learn what works, take the learnings and see if you can extrapolate that out and, and repeat somewhere else. But it might not be taken for granted that you can, because as you say, something like TikTok is, you know, it's a it's a time consuming <laughs> beast. Let's put it like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love this. <laughs> yeah. Mm, what are, uh, can you tell me some key elements for creating a good social media strategy today? I I think um, exactly as you just said, Adina, that a good social media strategy comes from the audience first. Mm -hmm. And so often we uh, we start a conversation with a client and they and they talk tactics first because they want to get on TikTok, as we've just been talking about. But actually, if you if you strip that back and you work out what your audience wants and how they think and feel and how you can speak to them in a natural and um, authentic manner, then you can start to build on that solid foundation of understanding how they work, what they want, what they would find valuable. And, and you build your social media strategy from there. What platforms do they hang out on? What um, what is important to them? How do they speak? How would they like to be spoken to? What kind of content do they consume and what would they like to consume? What issues in the world are they following? And, and you know, how how is their kind of life at, at the moment? And and you and you build the building block slowly but surely from there. So you don't let the um, you know, as the expression goes, the tail wag the dog. You start from the ground up and you build with audience insight. That's, I believe, the only way that you can do it. And if you start with tactics first, you won't be able to achieve anything long term. You might be able to do a short term campaign. And it might feel kind of good in the moment. But once that's over, it's very difficult to sustain something if you haven't um, built up a, a solid um, audience insight before mm -hmm. you launch into your social work. Yeah, I think that uh, and uh, this year and uh, next year, communities are the ones that are the most important for the for a brand. So mm, look at your audience insights, see, understand where they're most active and build a, commun a community where they are uh, the most active and build an engaging community uh, on, on those um, platforms, channels, uh, whatsoever. Um, Organic versus paid, what's your take here? Ah, good question. Well, I think that they are friends or they should <laughs> be friends. <laughs> and they are not they are not mutually exclusive. In in fact, in my experience, the best results come when an organization is able to deploy both tools from its toolkit, organic and um and paid social. They do different jobs, <laughs> um, of course. 
Um, and it's very difficult at the moment, particularly on the meta platforms, to get real traction without having a paid budget, unless you're famous or celebrity mm-hmm. or an enormous brand. Yeah. But, you know, let's be honest, most, most people are not. And they need to work really hard to to build up their, you know, their engagement, their followers, their, you know, drive towards their goals, their conversions, whatever they're trying to do. So without a paid budget, it can be really difficult. On the converse uh, or conversely, I would say that if an organization ignores social media and uh, sorry, organic social media and just puts in place paid Mm -hmm. social, it's it almost disregards the essence of what social media is about. And going back to my earlier point about um, social media almost democratising the uh, the idea that normal people can get their voice heard in the public domain, if a brand says, we don't want to play in that space, we'll just throw money at it and pay to be on social – it's slightly disrespectful, I think, to the audience that spends a lot of their time consuming organic content. Um, so they both have a role to play. They're both important. Uh, it can be a real challenge to um, make one work if you don't have the other at your disposal. Yeah, I'm, I am agree with you because I think that organic helps you... Uh, achieve long-term goals while yeah. the paid helps you to have quick wins and but you cannot keep those wins for a longer time because you don't have um a based uh, a com- uh you, you don't have an, engage, an a engaged community community uh, with uh, organic content exactly right you haven't used your audience to build up um a, a kind of sense of, of who you are as a brand and how you're um, appearing on social and what you what you stand for. You can't really do that with paid social alone. You do need both. Yeah. Um, and, and they, you know, they work in harmony and they complement each other. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, how would you describe a good piece of content today? Why people share posts from brands on social? If um, if I answer the second point of that question first, it will probably answer the first bit. So I, I think that people share content because it makes them feel something. It makes them either, it might, it might make them laugh. It might make them feel smart because they've learned something. It might inspire them. It might kind of echo with, um, you know, a public mood or something that's happening. But essentially it cuts through to some kind of emotion. And it's it's that kind of content that people want to share. You know, it it's they want to make their friends laugh too. They want their friends to learn the same cool thing that they've just learned. They want their friends to see the latest design or whatever it is that they're into. And therefore... A good piece of content today is a piece of content that makes uh, the audience feel and makes them want to share it with their friends. And I think the trick for, um, you know, for brands working in social is to combine those three elements of audience and what that audience wants to consume, creating content that can be um, then can trigger some kind of emotion. You know, it can be a really Mm -hmm. good emotion too. you know, make someone laugh. 
And then lastly, being guided by the platforms, the networks themselves to use the right type of format of content. You know, as we all know, short form video at the moment is is the thing on all platforms. And so if you can combine those three elements, then you could potentially be on to a winner. <laughs> is aliens not easy? Uh, no, it's, it's not easy. <laughs> it's uh, pretty difficult to create and combine these three elements into one single post or short video and uh, to get uh, shares uh, and uh, comments from uh, from the post that you are publishing on social media. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, sorry, Dina, I'll just yeah. add one one more point to that. And actually, if we think about how we share now, it isn't necessarily through sharing through the networks. We mm -hmm. often just take a screen grab and send it in a WhatsApp group. So sharing has taken on a slightly different form than how we may have viewed it a few years ago when we would have thought, right, let's, let's see um, if we can get shares on those share buttons. But actually, there's... Um, It, uh, you know, people are using the the platforms in a different way than they were maybe envisaged for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I read some statistics about uh, the dark uh, um, social media where people are sharing messages to different uh, platforms like WhatsApp, Discord, um, Messenger, where you actually you don't get those numbers through the analytics. Mm -hmm. Mm. But also that means a share and um, uh, the impact is much higher than uh, what you are seeing from while you are uh, scrolling the feed uh, uh, compared with what you get to a private message. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. mm, how can brands create engaging content these days? Um, so... Uh, we have you said that okay well, you have to build content with the uh, audience with your audience in mind uh, it have to be um you have to drive the emotion and it have to be tailored to the platform uh, would you like to add something else here uh, yeah all of those things and mm -hmm. none of that is easy let me mm -hmm. add you know it, it's a challenge and no one gets it right all of the time um You know, th this week here in the UK has been a strange week because mm -hmm. um, Her Majesty uh, Queen Elizabeth II died mm -hmm. uh, at the end of last week. And so it's been a really unsettling time. And uh, there's been a kind of strange phenomenon on social media, actually, in that organisations and obviously the, there's real people on their laptops who are creating this content just felt moved that they wanted to react to this event you know they may have had no royal connection as a as a company or as a charity but it has illustrated that actually when something really big happens people just want to react as people mm -hmm. and i think that has demonstrated that ultimately you just need to feel really it just needs to feel human Mm -hmm. and and sometimes that's difficult when there's a big sign-off process to get a social post out or there's lots of different departments that all have you know a kind of slice or you know all have a their, their finger in the pie um but sometimes things happen that are so big that they just warrant a a a human reaction and this week has definitely demonstrated that and i think it just shows this that 
that's when social can be really powerful when we just talk to each other like we talk to each other in real life and we don't overthink it yeah yeah because actually um you're talking always uh, you're talking with humans you even if you are a brand you are a presenter brand and you are posting on social uh the messages from that particular brand actually uh, you are uh, spreading messages to other humans so i think it's important to keep that even if you are doing social media marketing for b2b actually it's a uh, it's always uh, human to human and make sure you tailored your message uh to to humans <laughs> Excellent. exactly exactly there's always a human scrolling on the phone <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um okay so thank you so much uh, i think the podcast and uh, the the knowledge part uh, has over uh, with um, in this uh, episode uh who should be my next guest on this podcast oh there's so many brilliant um people on social media that it's difficult for me to say but um, <laughs> okay uh well i'm a a politics geek and i think that there's a particular account called simply politics that does a brilliant job at um at sharing simple useful content on a regular basis it's it's not full of fancy tricks but it's just really great and it's it has a really big following so i'd love to hear how how they perceive the world of social media mhm okay thank you and caris can you uh, tell us where people can find you of course um you can find us at the polka.co.uk mm-hmm. um you can find me personally on linkedin and my name's caris dorrit i think i'm the only one which is quite useful and you can also find me on instagram at polka digital mhm all the links will be um included in the description in the podcast so thank you so much for sharing all these insights and your life story with us and uh, see you soon thank you so much sedina it's been a pleasure